Welcome to The Real Talk with Tanya Sakowitz podcast, where we help parents and caregivers gain knowledge to increase their confidence and their success in caring for young children. We will cover topics like feeding your baby, getting your baby and you some much needed sleep, and pretty much anything else that has to do with caring for babies and their families after birth. Society sets parents up to fail, and we are here to change that. You can also find full video versions of each episode on our YouTube channel, Newborn Care Solutions. Thanks for tuning in. Good evening and welcome to Real Talk, where every Sunday night we offer insight, education, and resources to in-home caregivers and those affected in their world. These are the children, the parents, the extended family, and everyone who loves them. And our goal is to offer real-life topics and learning through discussing real issues and offering real solutions. Tonight, I'm very excited to welcome our guest, Trey Moment. Trey, it's great to have you. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yes, we're excited too. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about Trey, and then we're going to jump into the topic that we're going to discuss tonight, which is the benefits of training from Trey's perspective. So we're going to talk all about that, right? So Trey is an Atlanta, Georgia-based newborn care specialist and the proud owner of Mommy's Day Off. She has been a valued member of the birth worker community for over seven years and takes pride in encouraging herself and others to never stop seeking education in the industry. Through her own work, her business, her trainings, and coaching, she has touched hundreds of families worldwide. She is looking forward to sharing the importance of staying educated as a newborn care specialist and seeking training opportunities. Now, I would add to that, and she was also a speaker at the (laughs) inaugural Newborn Care Solutions NCS conference, and she was a big hit. (laughs) Thank you you very much. (laughs) Absolutely. So tonight, we're going to dig into that, and we're going to dig into the benefits of training. But Trey, before we do that, Share something fun about you, about why you got into this industry and why you're so passionate about serving families and serving babies, because I know our audience is going to love hearing a little bit more about that. Wow, that's a great question. Um, So I actually got into the industry by accident. Um, I just so happened to consistently work with newborns a lot. And for a long time, um, I mostly worked with families of color. And because of that, I was able to teach families of color that normally didn't have access to direct care for how to take care of their newborn, different tips and tricks from all ages. And I learned more about what it is to be a newborn care specialist, started taking trainings and officially became a newborn care specialist about seven years ago. But I mean, being in, being a birth worker is, is, is my passion. It's it's like my calling. I, I feel that deep in my bones. Yeah, I totally understand that. I'm I say, you know what? I'm 37 years almost in this industry at this point, and I still get excited when I talk about babies. I still love them. They're the best thing ever. And supporting <laughs> new families is my favorite. I love it. Exactly. You feel see, and it's also that community, <clears throat> that community that gets created from being a birth worker. Like it's it's different. No one else gets this feeling outside of like you get parents or people who want to have children. And I think that's a beautiful passion as well. But for individuals who just want to help 
families with their babies, that passion, that camaraderie that we have, that's only for birth workers. And I love being a part of it. (laughs) Absolutely. I agree with you. So let's talk tonight about training, the benefits of training and all the things around that, because I do get a lot of questions like, why should I take training? I get the, oh, I've worked with babies for 30 years. Do I really need to take training? Um, Wow, I took this training. Do I need to take any more training? So we're going to talk all around this tonight. So let's start by addressing the fact that there are different types of training out there. What would you want to share with the audience around different types of training? Yes. So when you're deciding on a training, one of the things you want to always remember is what is the goal? The different types of trainings that there are, you have what I call skill-based trainings, which are trainings that literally are telling you, this is how you uh, fold a fitted sheet. This is how you swaddle a baby. This is how you change a baby's diaper. And then you also have what I call more so Uh, knowledge-based trainings, which are more informative. So you're learning more about the nuances and why this is the way we do it or why something is the way they are. And it's more of a historical, but also usually medical background of the training, at least with when it comes to being a newborn care specialist. But then the next kind of training that I I kind of coined the term with is more of an enrichment training and more enrichment trainings usually are trainings that will encourage your mindset um, and expose you to different types of communities or ways of doing things or why things may be the way they are. Um, They also help you to grow either internally within your business or within your your industry, um, or it also encourages more of a community and camaraderie feel. So as an example, when we did the inaugural newborn care specialist enrichment conference, part of that was that it wasn't just about us learning about babies. It was also about us learning about how to be better within our industry. And that's also a goal that you should have. So the Because there's so many different types of trainings that have different goals and purposes, you should always be in training. Yeah. Of course, I'm a fan of that. I have a training company, but (laughs) nevertheless, this is from your perspective. Um, And there are so many valuable things that you shared there because a lot of people think all trainings are the same. Right. And they're not. They're very different. Even if they have the same title or they're teaching for the same profession, Different instructors have different methods, different materials are covered. And part of what is important is finding the training that's right for you. So let's talk about choosing a training because I get that question a lot. Oh, I thought this training was exactly the same as yours, (laughs) but they're not, right? And you know that and I know that. So let's talk about it. Not only do I know that, I can personally vouch as a person who has taken more than more than half a dozen newborn care specialist trainings specifically. I know that they're different. Um, I've had them with different organizations and there's different reasons why. So one of the things you want to consider when you're deciding on a training program is what is your end game? What is your goal? Are you looking to become certified with an outside body? Uh, if that's the case, you might want to pick an organization 
or a training program that fits and qualifies for the certification program you're going for? Um, Are you more about uh, someone who's visual? Do you want more facts? Are you more into, you know, seeing the actual compare and contrast? Oh, this is how it was for this person. And then a few months later, this is how it was for this person. And it's because they took this training. If those are the things that matter to you, that'll also help you to decide which training program to go with. And then in some training programs, you have different teachers. And so even though they may all be using like the same outline or the same base of like a PowerPoint presentation, your teacher will then help you with deciding or play a role in which teacher you decide to use um, in that training program as well. So Who do you connect with most? Maybe you are like for me, I had to uh, there were three years of trainings that I did and I had to be extremely intentional about only seeking uh, black trainers. That was what was important to me for that because I wanted that exposure. I wanted to also encourage and help them grow by investing in my training with them. And I wanted to hear more so from the black perspective. That was important to me. So in that case, There were a lot of trainings that even though I may have gone to an organization that had amazing trainers that were available, I automatically narrowed it down to, okay, but who fits this guideline? Yeah, no, those are great topics. And I I tell people all the time, look at your goals and then look at which individual instructor, instructor resonates with you. That's where you should be. Um, And so people don't always understand that. I think you just explained it beautifully. So I love that. One of the things that you mentioned was, is certification important to you? And for some people that is, for some people it's not as important. We all know that at this point, our industry is not regulated. So you don't have to be certified to work in it. However, parents are starting to learn about certification and agencies are starting to learn about certification. And even within our industry, organizations are starting to go, wait a minute, certification is important. We need to set some hard standards. And look at that. In the case of, say, our company, for example, we're approved through every major route to certification, which is awesome for us, obviously. But we were very intentional about making sure that we had a program that fit that. Doesn't mean certification is the right option for everyone. But what I would love for you to do is kind of talk about certification, maybe why it may or may not be important, and this key component, the difference between certification and a certificate (laughs) of training. It's so funny. I laugh at this all the time. Literally, just yesterday, I had uh, someone reach out to me, and I was looking at their resume, and I was like, are you trained or certified? And they was like, I'm certified, I'm certified. And I was like... These I've taken these trainings and I know that these are not certifications, but I don't want to say that to this person. So I so it's just funny because it took me saying, okay, listen, you may have a certificate of completion. And then when they look, they said, You're right, if there's certificates of completions, how do I put this on my resume? I was like, just falls under trainings, take away this the certified part. (laughs) Um, So it is a common misconception. Uh, A certificate of completion. And and then also, I want to, if you don't mind, I would also like to talk about the different types of certifications too. So a certificate of completion is literally someone saying, you came, you attended the course, 
if there was a quiz or a test that was assigned to it to make sure you retained the information, you passed it, but you are not certified. Normally, the certifying organization will be willing to use that training to help you certify, but you are not actually certified. Um, most organizations, if you really want to know if you're certified or not, think about the steps that you had to take. Most organizations are going to require proof of hours. If you ended a class and all you did was get a certificate saying, you know, well, in this case, now you understand that the certificate likely says certificate of completion. But if you were truly certified, you probably would have had to present a whole proof of hours that have been worked in this field, uh, proof of trainings that have been taken and hours spent on learning and, and being educated in that department. You probably had to write an essay. You probably had to do some research and give some insight on how you would help a family or they call it like a course study. You probably had to do something to prove you are about this life. <laughs> and that doesn't happen from a two-hour class that you take one time. Now, that class could have been beneficial for continued education credits um, or for recertification, but it's probably not going to be the end-all be-all for you to be certified as whatever title you're looking for. Um, with that said, the different types of certifications that you have are, you have some that are organization certifications where you are certified, but you are only certified with a specific organization. And they may be international or they may just be national, but you are only, your classes from them only work for their certification. And then you have more, what I like to call um open certification. So certain companies that say, these are all of the trainings we are willing to accept. And none of them have anything to, they don't benefit or profit in any way off of you taking the training. So that gives you way more options to say, okay, do I like this class? Do I like this company? Do I like this company? But I have all of these options for who it is. And, and that, that organization is just saying that all of these companies cover the bare minimum requirements we have and what it is you need to be educated on for you to certify with us. Fabulous. I love that. And, and in our industry, that is what the NCSA yes. here in the United States is, is doing now. And they're setting a standard and there are only certain trainings. Um, trainings have to submit their information. They have to be reviewed. Um, we are approved through them, um, but there are other organizations also that are approved yes. through You have um, the NCSA, which is the Newborn Care Specialist Association. Um, you also have NCI, which is the Newborn Care uh, in International. And that's another organization that, I, if I'm not mistaken, I've seen uh, Newborn Care Solutions the trainings on as well. Yes. Um, and then you also have, which right now there's only one. <laughs> Yeah, cash. Um, and so far, right now, only Newborn Care Solutions, well, uh, their trainings will get you through to cash. And each one of these organizations have their own requirements. Now, another thing that you want to be mindful of is they may also require like an additional training in the field. 
doesn't necessarily have to be newborn care, but maybe they want you to learn about breastfeeding, or maybe they want you to learn about just lactation in general, or formula, or sleep, or the, the, the anything that has to do with the newborn and caring for the family. And in those cases, sometimes those outside, those trainings don't have to necessarily be with anyone in particular. Um, but each organization will have that listed very clearly on their paperwork. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you brought up that additional training. Because um, I think that's a requirement for all three of the organizations right. we're approved through. And then we're also approved by CAPA, not for initial training for postpartum doulas, but for continuing education training. And we have four, four classes, I think, um, now that are approved that people can take for continuing education hours. Um, because true certification also has a requirement for ongoing training yes. in order to maintain it. And that's exactly why it's important. If nothing else, if you are if you are someone who's looking to certify, recognize that you're going to have to continue your education because to recertify, they want to know that you are not staying stagnant. I'm just going to use a small example. We are a newborn care specialist. How often do we get frustrated when a doctor tells our clients, oh, this is normal, or your baby's not doing what babies do. You should have this and that. And it's like, well, they learned that 30 years ago. And there's no requirement that they have to learn specifically how to teach a mom uh, to breastfeed before leaving the hospital. So when the birthing parent leaves the hospital and does not feel like they are getting that latch or getting all these things together, we're frustrated because you would think, they would teach them at the hospital, but they don't because that's not a requirement. So imagine being the newborn care specialist, which means that you are a specialist in a specific field and you're not up to date on the new guidelines, new products, new services, just new things that are out there. You would be doing not just your clients a disservice, but you and your business as well. Yeah, absolutely. 100% agree with you on every <laughs> single part of that. Uh, so one of the things that people say is, and until the pandemic hit, we would hear all the time, I only like to go to live trainings. Well, that's great. But from somebody who does live trainings, live trainings have to be um, beneficial. They have to be financially cost productive for me as a company to offer them, right? And I know you do trainings for people around specific things. We have to be able to actually feed our families. Yes. Right? So people don't always understand that I can't come to a 300, a little town in the middle of Arkansas <laughs> with a population of 300 and offer a class for one person. Right? So there are, that's why we created online training to begin with. Of course, once the pandemic happened, Everybody had to switch to online for a while. Um, thankfully, we were already there. It made it a whole lot easier for our students to access stuff right away and easily. But nevertheless, people still love live training. And thankfully, you know, we can get back to that now. But we also get a lot of questions around trainings. We get, what's a live training? What, wait, is this a recorded? Is this a, a thing I'm reading? Wait a minute, it's... Can I do this when I want to? Is this self-paced or do I have to show up every Monday at 9 a.m.? And then there's this thing that's called drip content. <laughs> now, I know what that is. You know what that is, but a lot of people don't know. So let's talk about these different options. So 
Another thing that you should consider when you're deciding on a training is how is it being presented and whether that's going to be conducive to your lifestyle. Um, Live trainings can be done in person or virtually. It literally means that that person, the instructor, is giving you the instruction, showing you their presentation live and in living color. So you are able to ask questions live normally um, and some or most of the time that may be recorded. And then if you do have a portal with the organization, hopefully they would put the recording of your cohort's uh, presentation within your um, back office of the log so that you can always go back to it because it's more personal. It's typically more intimate. Um, it's usually not as many people and it usually is going to cost more because you are getting that person live. So that means that they're not able to, they, they're hiring a sitter. They are not able to go out or spend time with their family or do the different things that they have set up to do because they have it set up in a way that you could have taken it uh, self-paced most likely, or you could have taken it in, in a drip situation. Now what drip is- I'm going to add one more thing to that before we move on. We're also paying for a plane ticket mm. and a hotel room and meals and time away from other work projects that could be done and very often also renting space. And many times also providing snacks or food or networking events. There's a lot of expenses that go into live events that contribute to the fact that they are more expensive than a pre-recorded or a self-paced or a drip kind of thing. I'll also add to that, that there are some times where you do a live event and it may seem discounted, but it's usually discounted for a reason. So usually that instructor or that organization is recording it, or it could be a case study, or there's a reason why it's discounted and it's because they want more seats. So at that point, you may not have spent as much. They may not have spent. They they're they're really footing the bill at that point. And if and if you book a live event and don't show up, <laughs> my heart goes out to the instructor because what? Come on, you got to be there. Um, but yeah, and so every organization does that. Um, you also have it where it could be live virtually and they say, this is going to be the one that's recorded and I'll be putting this on my website or wherever so that people can purchase it um, on the back end. So that is something to keep in mind is that either way, most of the time with a live event, you are being recorded um, and and usually there'll be something that says, you know, you're okay with it, but you are probably being recorded. And if it didn't cost more than the course does normally online, it's probably because they're working, they're using it for their own, um, for their business later. Yeah. And there's a lot of inconveniences that come in at being at a filming event that you don't normally encounter. So that plays into it as well. Um, so let's talk about self-paced and drip event, drip content. What, what do those terms mean? What should people know about that as they're considering whether that's the right option for them? So I want to say that almost all drip are self-paced, but all self-paced is not drip. So drip usually means that maybe you are on some type of a payment plan or you're not on a payment plan, but every 
month or every week, like there's a specific day that you will get access to the next module and the next module and the next module. Um, You can still watch it, get into it, unless it's live each each module, unless each module is done live, you can still watch it at your own time and when you're available and take your notes. So that's what makes it self-paced. Self-paced literally means that Everything about the training is all on your terms. It's 100% customized to you by you. So you get the access to the content. You watch it when you need to. You take the test when you get around to taking it or, you know, you schedule it depending on what kind of test it is. Um, and you just you do it in your in, in your availability on your time. Um, but drip is when you're going to get access to the content based off of when the instructor or organization is allowing it. Yeah, no, that's a great way of explaining it. And we do have a drip program. Um, and it's for people who need want a payment plan. And for whatever reason, they don't want to apply for credit. They just want to make payments directly to us. Um, and they make a payment each month. And once the payment is made, the next module releases. Um, and it actually takes seven months to go through the program that way because it's divided up. But it works for a lot of people because they really don't want to pay up front all at once or they don't want to put it on a credit card or don't want to apply for PayPal credit. So it's a great option for many people. Um, I'll also add, um, for some people, you might decide that you want to do drip solely because it may be too overwhelming to have access to all of the content at one time. Um, And there's nothing wrong with that. So that's another thing that you want to look at. Is this organization, is this company, is this trainer, are they able to accommodate the different types of learners that are out there? Because you could be any type of learner. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, And that is actually something we do with our agency program. Um, is they can have it either as drip content or they can have it all at once. Um, oh, wow. Because especially people who have agencies and want to learn about specifically placing NCS, yes, um, they're running a busy agency. They don't have oftentimes to get things in large chunks. And so it is an option for them to do it that way because some people need that regimented. Some people are like, yeah, just give me the whole thing and I'll work on it as I can. Um, so yeah, we, we actually do that. We try and accommodate everybody that we can within the limitations of our system. Because it isn't just us manually pushing a button for every student, right. it's all automated. You know, I'm so glad you mentioned that. I think that a lot of individuals who take trainings are under this false pretense that your company, your organization is just available at their at their every whim. And that is just not, that's that's not even realistic. But even if it were, a company like Newborn Care Solutions, where you have hundreds of students, it's like, we can't constantly stop everything we're doing to make sure each student is getting, no, that's why you create virtual uh, programs so that everyone has easy accessibility to the information. Yeah, exactly. And that's why it's automated. It's why it's (laughs) systemized, because it works that way. Otherwise, we couldn't serve the number of students that we do serve without that. So, wow, we have already covered a ton of information and we're running out of time. So before we wrap up, any final thoughts you want to share? You know, yes, I would love to say that um, training is, in my opinion, the number one investment that you could make for you and your business that you and your 
business will always deserve. You always need to be educated and you always need to be growing within your company. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I always tell people that they are the best investment. They can invest in themselves. They are their best investment. Absolutely. So I would love to chat all day long. I know that you and I could definitely chat all day long because we have to make sure we (laughs) stay on time and pay attention to things we're doing. But thank you so much for joining us and sharing your expertise tonight. I really have enjoyed having you on here and I know you shared some great things with our audience. So thank you for joining us. Thank you. Absolutely. And to our audience, thank you for joining us tonight. If you have any questions around this topic or anything related to the benefits of training, Put them in the feed and tag Trey or tag Newborn Care Solutions. We'll make sure you get answers. And of course, you can rewatch this segment along with catching any of our other Real Talk episodes and all of our educational content by popping over to newborncaresolutions.com and clicking on the education tab. And of course, all of our Real Talks go up on our YouTube channel. Just search Newborn Care Solutions. Thanks for joining us and have a fantastic night. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Real Talk with Tanya Sackowitz podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. And if you liked what you heard, please share it on social media or send it directly to someone you think might benefit. It would also be a huge support if you could rate and review the podcast on whatever player you're currently listening on so that other people can find the content easier. You can also connect to us by following us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and TikTok or checking out our website at newborncaresolutions.com. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Real Talk Podcast with Tanya Sackowitz.